part-time sandboy. Well, uh, so let's start off. Do I call you Tom or is it TC or yeah. what, what are we going by? Uh, yeah, I mean, Tom's cool either. It's fine. I just <laughs> well, put that as like a joke. On yeah. A, yeah, I put that on a joke as on a novel I wrote a couple years ago. Yeah. And then I just like use it on anything I'm writing for some reason. So TC Pescatore, right? Uh, yeah, Pescator, Pescator. Oh, Pescator? Oh, okay. I added the accent, so it's just Pescator, gotcha? Yeah. Oh, see, I was trying to be fancy, and it just <laughs> didn't work out. It just didn't work out that way. So Pescator, not not saying that you're not fancy, you're fancy. You can be fancy if you want. T.C. Pescator, excellent, excellent. Or Tom Pescator. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's just get started off by saying that... Uh, T.C. Pescator is on the Part-Time Fanboy Podcast. My name is Christian Horn. Um, yeah, uh, your real name is Tom, correct? But yep. in the book, we go by T.C. Pescator. Yeah. And <laughs> the reason that you are here is because you have a book that just came out through Scout Comics, correct? Ah, oh, here's Luciana. Yep. Oh, what's that? Oh, did somebody else jump on? Yeah, Luciana. Oh, I thought it was only you. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> cool. Oh, and Luciano is the artist? Yep. Oh, because in the book, he's Loco Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going by all different Yeah, kind of look at all these superhero <laughs> secret identities. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I gotcha. So, Luciano, can you hear us or? Yes, yes, I'm hearing. Hello. Oh, okay, great. Welcome. You, uh, Yeah, so thank you for joining us. I did not know that you were going to. So what is your full name? Uh, Luciano Cruzado. Oh, Luciano, Luciano Cruzado. And where are you calling in from? Luciano, you say it like Ita Italian. Yeah, Luciano. <laughs> that's that's how you should say it, right? Uh, 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 here is Luciano. Oh, Luciano. Oh, where are you calling in from? In Spanish. Oh, uh, Argentina. Okay. Argentina. Oh, muy bueno. Mucho gusto conocerte. Igualmente. Gracias, gracias. Oh, okay. So, so okay. Say your name again so I get it correct. Luciano Cruzado. Luciano Cruzado. Okay, great. But in the book, it's Loco Gonzalez. <laughs> yes, that was a random name I made up <laughs> when I signed up for Facebook. Uh, and it stick. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And that was it. Gotcha. Pues mucho gusto conocerte. Gracias por venir en el uh, Part-Time Fanboy Podcast. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, hi, Tom. <laughs> yeah, we just went through the whole, do I call Tom TC or, you know, so we'll see. We'll see. We'll see with the names. But this is the Part-Time Fanboy Podcast, and my name is Christian Horn, and you are both here because of a book called Junction Jones and the Corduroy Conspiracy that just yep. came out through Scout Comics, correct? Uh, it is coming out the 8th now, I believe. Oh, so it's not out yet. So yeah, some paper, some paper stuff. Some ah, paper, um, pandemic. Again? Ah. Oh, man. Okay, cool. So oh, this, man. this podcast will go up um, this week. So, uh, and you say the 8th, correct? Yep. 
Okay. Martique. So by the time this goes up, let me take a good look at the calendar. Yeah. So by the time this goes up, it'll be a week out. So, okay. So next week, once you hear this interview, the book will be out the week after. So on Wednesday, your free comic book day. And it's out by Scout Comics. So yep. congratulations on a book coming out. Um, to both of you. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. I read the first issue and I very much enjoyed it. I thought it was excellent. Um, I'm going to say off the top of my head that I feel that both of you are fans of the Inkle, correct? Am I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that would yeah. be true. Yeah. That, that, that's exact. So if you are fans of um, Alejandro Jordor, I'm going to mangle his last name, Jordorowski's, um The Inkle. Um, I would believe oh. that Junction Jones and the Corduroy Conspiracy is up your alley. If you're out there listening to this. So, um, since I'm uh, actually more of a Moebius fan than Shodorowsky. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense too. Yeah. Um, so for anybody that's out there listening, um, does anybody want to sort of give like the elevator pitch on the book? Because the title alone is great. Junction Jones and the Corduroy Conspiracy. Um, <laughs> I, I love the title. And again, I, I very much enjoyed the first issue. I thought it was very cool and interesting and a lot of great concepts in there. And it reminded me of, um, let's just say to me, the Inkle, but Mo Mobius as well and heavy metal stuff. Uh, a lot of European yeah. graphic novels and things like mm. that. So why don't you... Let's start with TC. TC, what, since you're the writer, why don't you give us the, the quick pitch on what the book is? Uh, all right, yeah. It's, um, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I call it a kind of, I, I call it like a, a cyberpunk hobo jazz comic. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's about a, um, a bioengineered laborer on a uh, world that's like um, an an avenue between other worlds, so it's like in between dimensions. Sure. Um, and he is partners with a cat that is possessed with the brain of a of a fifth dimensional alien. Yeah. Who is obsessed with like detective, like Earth, like crime noir uh, detective drama. Okay. And um, they happen there. They happen upon the body of a hobo from Earth in the alleyways of Junction, and uh, that propels them into a like vast intergalactic conspiracy. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's very sort of like futuristic, kind of noir detective yeah. sort of thing. But it it was also like I said, there's a lot of like reminded me a lot of. I'm going to say the Inkle again, obviously Mobius, like uh, um, heavy metal sort of stuff. Um, and it's yes, interesting. Sir. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no. I was going to say it's interesting to me because um, what's great about it is that it kind of doesn't um, it like doesn't take your intelligence uh, like it doesn't insult people's intelligence. You dive right in and you're like, this is the world that you're in. Yeah, yeah. And you sort of have to play catch up like right from the beginning. Right. And yeah, yeah. that was important for us yeah. to kind of just dive in. Yeah. And and you have to sort of um, uh, like I feel like it's very much for like an intelligent reader who's going to have patience and not saying that it's dense or anything like that, because I think anyone can pick this up and get it. 
um, especially fans of comics and sci-fi and things like that. But I really loved how I was like, oh, wait, what's going on? And it took me a little bit to figure out, like, what's going on with the cat? And, like, what is the situation <laughs> here? And so I was just like, okay. And as I went on, um, the world that you both have built was so interesting to me that I just kept going. Like, I didn't get turned off. Like, you know how sometimes mm -hmm. you can read something, uh, either a comic book or a novel or, or even a movie or something, and it be too dense that you you just get turned mm -hmm. off by it. But you both have done a really good job of presenting the story in a way that made me want to keep reading. Well, yeah, one, I mean, one thing. Uh, uh, go ahead. So, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go on, go on, Tom. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, no, one thing I really loved when I read the script is that Tom never forces you exposition on you. It's 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 uh, very mild about it through dialogue, and it always felt uh, really natural. Sure. And so you slowly go into 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 the world that the it, its particular conventions. Sure, sure. And yeah, so, so, oh so no, go originally, ahead. So originally, this was like a, a novel. Oh, okay. And uh, it was going to be narrated by the cat, but you weren't going to know he was a cat the entire time. Oh, that's speak, a great like, idea. Was gonna, I was going to write it like the nineteen, like a nineteen thirties, like Dashiell Hammett uh, novel, where he'd be like. You know, uh, he'd be like a Sam Spade or something in like Maltese Falcon. Oh. But in the end, you would realize that he's like a just a cat. Oh, uh, wow. What a I, good idea. Couldn't, I couldn't get anything down on it. OK. Like I just couldn't write anything. I had the idea and uh, eventually a friend suggested to do it as a comic. And I was like, I'll start messing around with that. And then uh, I would just like after my son was born, I would just peruse like um art websites and I, I saw Luciano's art on there and I, and I instantly started like writing the script without ever talking to him and I was like all right I'm gonna write it for this guy oh wow and hope that he's not doing a huge project by the time I talk to him you know so like <laughs> I just felt like he got the world so much like I I try to stay away from like expositional dialogue I felt like he could fully form the world in that I really wouldn't have to explain anything about it. Got you know, it. like he would look at it and just get what was going on. Okay. In terms of like the world that it existed in. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and it's Luciano, right? Not Luciano. <laughs> I just want it right for my own head so that I don't mispronounce it. And he doesn't, and, and Loco don't, Gonzalez doesn't get mad at me. Like, just, don't Luciano. worry, don't worry. Okay. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So that that's the thing that's very fascinating to me. Um, you know, as far as like a team goes too, right? So Tom, like you are creating this world right on paper, but how did the building of the world go between you, right? Because I mean, it is very visual, and it is there's a mm. lot of detail in these panels, and and it is very much like a fully formed world that, that, that I'm realizing in this book, which is very much what I appreciated about it. And Luciano, I, I really, really loved your artwork in it. Um, Thanks. and all the detail that you put in the background, um, and a lot of the expression of the characters, um, particularly the, the main protagonist, who's not a cat. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so how did that world building go between you? Because obviously, Tom, you've got uh, uh, an idea in your head. How did mm. you present that to Luciano? 
I can't even. I, I might. I might have just like we started talking on Facebook Messenger, I guess. Okay. And I think like at first, you know, I, I gave like the upfront kind of basic outline of the world. Okay. But uh, like every time I saw a page Luciano drew, I would like just go back and re. I like I lit- I basically rewrote everything. Like oh. as I got pages back, and then sometimes like in terms of the dialogue, a lot of it was just there to like for him to get the uh, feeling. Sure. Sure. Of what was happening, and then I would rewrite that. Luckily, I was I was lettering it too. Okay. So that that helps in terms of like rewriting everything. But yeah, yeah like, you could do the scripting right on the fly, right? Yeah. Oh. Like, every time he would just give stuff back, it would be like, all right, I need to up what's going on here. You know, I need <laughs> we that need to like crucial. dig into these characters that are in the back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was crucial because uh, that sent us into a infinite feedback loop. Yeah, yeah. So to speak, <laughs> in which uh, uh, he he gave me a lot of freedom to do whatever in the pages, and then he fits from it and adds stuff and changed the dialogue. It, it's very fun. It's oh, that's been very fun. That's really cool. So, would you say that the initial script? didn't necessarily this you weren't writing like let's say like an alan moore script where it's like every single detail and this is exactly what it should look like you jesus were... christ thank god <laughs> i feel like i feel like he would have just thrown it away or not answered me or something well i mean that's that's <laughs> because that's the thing is like i feel like it is a very detailed and very mm. sort of like concrete and um realistic feeling sci-fi world that you're in. And that's why, like in my brain, I, I immediately jumped to the Inkle because that's what it, mm-hmm. the Inkle, because that's what it reminded me of visually or like heavy metal. But mm. like when Tom, when you were thinking of it in your head, was it like this initially or w- was Luciano I mean, that, that able to? That was the thing. Like it, I had like a kind of like an, uh, an ambiguous, kind of like an amorphous idea of what the world was like. Okay. But- the moment I like, I saw his like cyberpunk stuff, I was like, all right, this is like the world. You know? <laughs> and I feel like like he kind of sees the the parts of it, you yeah. know, and I, that like I'm not able to like formulate words for just the kind of lived in as atmosphere of it. So for for most of that, I was just like, you know, he's I'm just gonna I'm gonna like not really. Uh, really like you know the alan moore script not really just like you're not like for gravity you know yeah i'm just gonna let him do what he wants you know and i think that he he his understanding of the world is like better than mine in a way gotcha so luciano that that must have given you a lot of freedom right yeah and a lot of fun too yeah i always was a fan of the idea that the setting may be a character itself Uh Uh, like like, um neo tokyo in Akira. Oh, yeah. Example. Or uh, Liberia, the, the city uh, of uh, Tsutomu Nihei. Um, mm. uh, uh, that concept has always fascinated me. So this was uh, my opportunity <laughs> to do that. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, some pages I would even just like, I think for the fight, didn't I, I think I just wrote like kind of what happened. Like, I might have I might have written like a par- like a, two sentences on for some pages, you know? Oh, wow. Just like, so there's this is a, a Stan Lee, Jack Kirby situation. That's what we're talking about. Right? You were like, this. Ha- there's a silver guy that comes flying through the sky. I don't know. Just call him. And there's this Galactus thing. And you take care of it. Like, it kind of went that way. 
<laughs> yeah, Tom goes back and forth because sometimes he has a very clear graphic idea of the page. Sure. So so then then he he makes made up the structure. Gotcha. And it works real good. But when the choreography of the scene uh, gets too complicated and it's really hard to follow uh, if you have multiple characters in a scene sure. by the, the writer because you need to see them visually and you need to track <laughs> you need to track their positions. It, it's it's no joke, man. Yeah. And uh, then he just let me do whatever. Sure, sure. So that must have been a dream for you because how did you decide? what you wanted this to look like as far as the setting and everything like that. I mean, I'm sure Tom gave you a general description, but like I said, this is very detailed and very, um, you know, uh, it feels like you thought a lot about what this world looked like. What, I mean, you said Mobius was an influence. Did you pull from that or was, was this sort of like you thinking like, Oh, this is my chance to do this sort of like crazy sci-fi world, you know? Well, I had a lot of illustrations uh, uploaded that uh, had kind of that feel already. Okay. So I knew uh, when when Tom uh, looked after me for the to draw the comic that uh, more or less uh, what uh, he, he wanted. And on top of that, I just went by whatever visual the, the script suggested me. Gotcha. Usually when I read them, even if there's not um, very comprehensive descriptions of the setting sometimes, just very general ones, uh, I already have a visual idea in my mind. Um, I read it very visually already. So I just went with it and then slowly start to take form as a, as I go by, as I go drawing each panel. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think I think also in each issue uh, we reveal like more parts of the world. Yeah. Like each issue is focused on a, a different part of the world. So we start in like the like the skid row, like the worst area, and yeah. then we actually move out, and you can you just start to see like what the actual what the whole world looks like to the like rich and like opulent. Who, oh, who gotcha. So like as they move through figuring out this conspiracy. They have to like move basically through from their from their like gigantic sprawling slum area to like the center central city area. Oh, the, gotcha, 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 gotcha. So, um, with uh, Luciano, your art were you saying earlier? This is just the kind of style of the of that you like to work in. This sort of futuristic, sort of like uh, that type of universe that you the pages that you had up that tom saw yes yes I, i'm a huge science fiction fan okay uh, uh I, I read a lot of science fiction too so i i derive a lot of the ideas uh, not only from uh, movies or graphic artists but also from the science fiction i read uh the idea of the construction or the possible utility that uh, you may find around that helps a lot to ground the world. Sure. Create sure. the illusion that everything is there for a reason, even if it's a lie. But yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I'm fooling you all, but, but yeah, it's, it's the, the illusion. Um, and I, I'm 
huge fan of Moebius, but um, also uh, Josan Gonzalez. I don't know if you know oh, him. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. That burger, I think, in, in Instagram. Um, Juan Jimenez. Yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, Shof Darrow. Uh, all those guys, well, huge fan of Katsuhiro Tomo. So mm -hmm. the influences are there, uh, Nihei, and then I just unconsciously manifest what I like. It, the styles to me are a mix between what you like and what you can actually do. <laughs> uh, sure. So it's, it's something it's like that I, I i built my whole portfolio based on what i enjoy drawing so when anybody calls me for anything it's because of those drawings so i never going to be in a situation in which i have to draw anything i'm not interested in <laughs> very smart <laughs> that's excellent that's very smart can you talk to me a little bit about do you work uh primarily traditionally or are you working digitally um what is your sort of process as far as like the page is concerned because i love the there's a tightness but at the same time a looseness to it like there's a really good balance of like uh, energetic line and then, but a really good solid construction. That's what I really liked about your work. So how do you work as far as like just getting the page together? Well, that looseness is the struggle because, uh -huh. uh, and it's all digital. The process is all digital. Oh, okay. Digital. Okay. Uh, uh, and that kind of allows me that looseness. I, um, read the script and after the third read, I think I start uh, thumbnailing. Uh, the thumbnails are incomprehensible, except for me. <laughs> uh, I usually, I, I usually, I usually then uh, 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 make a um, pass, an extra pass on them, so Tom can <laughs> see them. Uh, but uh, there, I, I'm very worried about the composition and very worried about the flow of the story. Um, and then usually I uh, design, I try to design the scenes and try to design the um, backgrounds. Mm -hmm. uh, and usually I jump to the final page, to the final lines, uh, just with a rough, more finished than the thumbnail, but with a rough sketch. Gotcha. So there's um, some freshness still. I'm not just tracing over an already done drawing. Yeah. That's what digital media allows me. And that's very important to me because uh, always, uh, if you have a great sketch, which is very finished, and then I jump into ink it, I always felt that there's something that uh, is stale. Uh -huh. It's like the second, I'm not drawing anymore. Yeah. I'm inking and I get bored and the drawing <laughs> gets stale and lose all the movement. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. so uh, uh, yeah, I, I always uh, try to find some kind of workflow that helped me to keep that, uh, that energy. Gotcha. Into the drawing. Can I ask what uh, software you use? Yeah, Photoshop. Oh, okay, Photoshop. Oh, okay, great, great. And do you do all the gray tones as well? 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Well, very well done, I have to say. I mean, it is one of the things that I very much uh, liked about the book was the world that you built and the visual. Uh, I was able to follow everything and all the little knickknacks and devices. And and that's one of the things like with my own art, I don't like drawing things. I just like drawing people and objects. Mm -hmm. And so once I start having to draw things, I'm just like, uh, and I love it when I see an artist like you who seems to just like really love that stuff. And I'm like, wow, I wish I could be more like that, where it's like, the, you know, there's a little cart in the background that's got all these gears and stuff. And I'm just like, that's amazing. Like, that's fantastic. <laughs> like, I love yeah, it. I, I, yeah, I get off on that. <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's that's awesome. That's a, So, Tom, let me ask you a little bit. Let me go back to the story a little bit, because I don't know that we've completely made it clear as to what this book is about, at least the first uh-huh. issue that I read. And... um you know, there's a whole bunch of stuff that I'd kind of like to get into story-wise, uh-huh. you know, with both of you or either of you, um, you know, because, I mean, there's a lot of, like, there's a talking cat, and then you've got anim- anthrop- anthropomorphic animals as well, mm-hmm. and you've got, you, you know, it's it's a detective story and stuff like that. Was the talking cat, were all these, like, sci-fi ideas things that were in your original concept as well? Yeah, well- Technically, I I wouldn't say it's a sequel, but there's aspects from the the, the novel that I mentioned, the sure. Boss Carbot, okay. that uh, factor into this comic. Okay. So they basically are connected to the world of Junction. Okay. Uh, so that that that's really was the starting point, and what what I wanted to do is like throw a ton of weird stuff in, and uh, so the novel is is surrealist, and. Uh, and I want originally, like I said, I was in, I was I want to do some type of like psychedelic pulp novel with the cat. Oh. But it just it just wasn't landing conceptually okay. for me. Yeah. And when I started to work on the comic, I thought it'd be kind of funny if I did like an absurdist detective story where, like you mentioned earlier, like you don't really understand the world yeah. in terms of the laws of the world. But if I put enough like noir tropes in it you can continue to follow the story. Like they find clues on the body. Obviously something's up with the body. Then they, then they run into a problem with the cleanup crew that comes to clean the body up, you know, and then they have a standoff. There's like a standoff going on. You might not fully comprehend why the standoff is happening, but they're all like trope elements of like a noir or like a Western. Sure. Yeah. 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 That's what, that's all that stuff. Well, it's funny because all of that stuff, I mean, those are like the basic skeletons of like what's happening. Yeah. But then it's surrounded by all this other stuff where I was yeah. just like, oh, wow, this is cool. like once it starts to gel after the first couple mm. of pages, like like obviously I know that I'm in a place called Junction Town. Right. Obviously, mm. I know that this is some kind of like weird Blade Runner, you know, mm. Mobius, yeah, yeah. heavy metal kind of future. Right. But like you have the protagonist who's kind of this disheveled, you don't know like what he is like a detective and stuff like Mm. that. And something's talking to him. And I'm like, is he crazy? Is he like schizophrenic? (laughs) And then it gets revealed that it's a cat. And then, and then it's, and then as you go on in the book, it's like, I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. You find out something else about the cat. And then there's anthropomorphic animals and they're like, there's a kind of like prejudice between the anthropomorphic Mm. animals. And then, and I'm like, 
this is great. Like, because as you go on, this world just keeps kind of like expanding in tiny, tiny ways. And it just kept kind of like blowing my mind a bit where I was like, oh, that's clever. Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's great. And I mean, so I would imagine that as you like have this concept of this world, like when you're building the script, is this stuff that you had to explain to Luciano or was it something that you both figured out during your Facebook conversations? I felt like he just got it. I, maybe he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> His art was just really good, but I felt like he like, he was just like instantly on page with everything that was happening. Sure. 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 And uh, I, if you noticed like the, there's like the extra materials. Yeah. I saw in the uh, back that yeah, there's, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I wanted to do like, you know, like a Watchmen type thing, but I felt like the Watchmen stuff just didn't have any kind of influence on the story. Okay. You know, so, so the back material, uh, is actually, th it, it kind of shakes out into three separate narratives where there's three other like main characters oh. in the background material Okay. that are, that are relevant to the story. Yeah. And yeah. they are from earth. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. So that's like a, another aspect of like the world building, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, for anyone who doesn't know the book, I mean, in the back, there's a couple of like, looks like newspaper articles and yeah. online posts and stuff like that. That yeah. kind of fill out the store, the world a little bit. Um, but it's funny to me too, because I was like, Oh, the book to me didn't necessarily need that. Like I was just mm -hmm. like, this is great. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's you know, it's supposed to start like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I really very much appreciated. Like when, as, as when I first started the book, I was like, okay, just because I know how things work in this sort of thing, I was like, okay, let me see what's what's happening. And then as it goes on, I'm like, oh, again and again. And you both did a very good job of like, like I said, like peeling that onion a little mm. bit where it was just like, oh, okay. And as I peeled the onion, I didn't cry. I very much was like, oh, this is, you know, this is, <laughs> this is much more interesting as I'm going on because I can't tell you how many times I've read like a sci-fi book and stuff. And again, like I've said, maybe it's just me, maybe I'm dumb, but there will be times where I just check out and I'm just like, mm. you know what? you guys are trying to just be a little too clever to whatever. And I'm, I'm not into it. Right. Like, but you yeah. did a very good job of like, building a world expanding on it and making it interesting and keeping it fun for me so well done yeah i think that's why that's that's why one of the goals was to like have literally no exposition yeah at all that yeah. that isn't like plot relevant or like character relevant yeah yeah so there, there was there's no like character who speaks a long time about junction sure town or anything like that that comes up Sure, sure. So, uh, first of all, I want to ask you, where can people get this novel that you wrote that leads into this? Uh, or this might be a spinoff. Is it available anywhere? I think, I think it's still hanging around Amazon, maybe. It was, okay. it was published by uh, Ron Amok Books okay. uh, in, from, uh, I think they're in Jersey and Brooklyn. Okay. And what New was York. it called again? It's called The Boxcar Bop. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Well, the, anybody who's a fan of this should, should look out for that. Um, so talk to me a little bit about the title because Junction Jones, like I didn't know what this was about. I mean, I, I read the PR blurb and stuff and I was like, okay, this is interesting, but I think quarter, I think seventies. And I'm like, is this like a seventies oh. thing? Like a mystery? <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. Um, talk to Can you talk a little bit about corduroy in here? Because obviously the meaning of corduroy is something a bit different 
than it would mean to me, right? To me, it's corduroy and it's like, you know, if you walk in corduroy pants, you're like swishing uh-huh, yeah. back and forth. <laughs> you know what I mean? It makes us, yeah. And then it's a little too warm and it's a 70s fabric. But in this, it means something different, right? Uh, yeah, it's the, it's the, I, I wouldn't say the name of a character, but it's like the uh, code name of uh-huh. a, a character. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, not to give too much away, but, um, you don't yeah, have to so give anything away. Don't yeah, give it's, anything. It's, it's, Make it's them pay for to, it. It's relevant to the conspiracy. Gotcha. Gotcha. If that makes any sense. And I just thought it sounded cool. And I, it does. It comes. Another th- um, random thing it comes from is that uh, one night at a party, someone had, um, you know, those like little letters that you put on the refrigerator. Sure. Like they had just like random letters. Yeah. And uh, I was like playing with them in the dark. Just with like the refrigerator open. Yeah. And then in the morning I came down, it said corduroy caramel. <laughs> okay. And I was like, I, why would I ever write like you put that? So I just wrote it down in my notebook. Okay. And it's just been a thing that's been like hanging in my notebook for like 10 plus years. Okay. Uh, so then I was like, how can I like get this into something? Cause it just sounds good yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And uh, that's where the corduroy conspiracy name came from. Nice, nice. Just that's... fit onto what was happening in the comic, really. That's great. And I wanted to do like one of those old, you know, uh, kind of detective novel titles. I always liked them, but I never could find somewhere to use it. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, no, that's great. That's great. So the one big thing that I have to talk to both of you about, which is obviously makes up a chunk of this book. And quite honestly, to me, I was like, this is brilliant. Are they seriously doing what I think they're going to do? Which is you literally spend like three or four pages <laughs> on a character telling a joke. And I was just uh, like, Are... <laughs> no, because I was, I was reading it and I was like, well, Hey, first of all, I was like, okay, I think I've heard this joke before, which I, yeah. I like, once you get to the punchline, it's like, okay. But I'm like, <laughs> he's telling a joke for like three or four pages. And then Luciano, like, I'm so glad you're here because when I was reading those pages, I was like, did this drive the artist crazy? Like for him having to make this interesting, not that the joke isn't funny or not that it's not interesting or not that it's not a good storytelling device. But to me, if someone came to me and was like, Hey Christian, you got to draw four pages of a joke and it's got to be interesting and you got to keep the reader's attention. Uh, I would be like, oh man, you're killing me. Luciano, like, how did you approach that when you got it? Because uh, were you like, this is crazy? Or was it something you were like, oh, I'm so excited to do this? Yeah, the second one, because I'm a bit uh, masochistic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, because it's, it's interesting. I mean, how can you keep the interest? Uh, how can you build the tension? Uh the whole idea is based on interpreting what Tom is trying to do. Yeah. And he's trying to build the maximum amount of tension and, and ease possible. So I just went on board with that and tried to make it interesting uh, and try to, to build the tension until well, everything goes to hell. Um, so it, it, it was fun. It, it, it was fun. I think I did put an apology in there, though. Before, <laughs> the, you you better. Yeah. <laughs> so, again, Tom, was this him 
telling the joke on the page, were you like, okay, close on him flicking the cigarette and then close on the cat? Or Luciano, did he just give you the joke and the pacing of the panels, like where he wanted to put them in and you decided what to focus on? Because like, again, I really think this is very much, A, it's like a lesson in really good storytelling. I think that you both did a very good job with this and it's it's a very unique thing because I think that there are a lot of creators who wouldn't be like, let's use three or four pages just to tell a joke. Like, you know what I mean? I think people would yeah. be like, let's do that in three panels on, on a page. And it's like angle on this angle on his foot. He kicks the can, the can rolls angle on the dog angle on the can again. And you know what I mean? This angle from the foot and it's just so well done and well paced as far as, so Tom, I think you do the, you said you do the lettering. Were you yeah. guys going back and forth? Like uh, as far as how you had to work really closely on this, I would imagine. We yeah. I think it's like, yeah. It's like half and half, right? I, th I think some of the things I was like, you know, like when you're feeling it, you know, if, if you're like feeling like a, that a different angle works or that like, you know, you want to switch, that you want it to be like, you know, a, a low angle on the foot or some, or like uh, how long do you want the cigarette to like be in the air and stuff like that. So, yeah, it I, I, I feel like if I can remember, it was like, I think it was like 50-50. I might have put some stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, at this point, I wouldn't able to remember what is Tom, what is me there, because uh, he he always gave a, a direction of, of whatever he, he deems important. Sure. Like, okay, I want a close-up of, of uh, so-and-so character. Uh, but I always had freedom to, to choose the angles or to put some stuff there. So... It's it's really hard now to, to separate. <laughs> Say, oh yeah, I, I think I thought about that, and Tom was that. It's, it's, it's very very hard because it, it, we worked. Um, I I really liked uh, to work with Tom because of that. We 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 really understand the, each other and the rhythms of the story, the flow. Sure. Uh, yeah. But I I like to call the flow of the story. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the locks of the draw that we got along really well. That's great. That's great. I mean, but that was also the reason why I was kind of asking the Alan Moore thing. And then you mentioned Watchmen again, because these panels very much remind mm. me of something in Watchmen where he's got the, you know, the, the, the serious grid. And the thing that I've always loved about Watchmen, which not a lot, not enough people focus on, which is how cinematic it is to me, right? Like, mm. it's like this panel. And and as you're reading Watchmen, it moves quickly because it's like your eye needs to go. And these, this the joke pages, I will call them, you know, mm. it's very much like, okay, this, 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 and there's so much detail and there's so much, it seems, um, conscious effort on what you're focusing on in each panel. And it moves along really quickly and the tension builds. That's why I was like, oh, like, how did you both <laughs> do this so well? Because like with Alan Moore, right, you read those Watchmen scripts and you're just like, oh, my God, poor Dave <laughs> Gibbons. Like, I would have I would have killed myself, like pulled my hair, like running out into the street. But it seems like you two came up with a different prospect, which wouldn't, you know, drive Luciano crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Just the graphic hard drive driving them crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I usually get myself into 
into a very dire situation. Yeah, he's always he'll I, message me like I'm adding this. I'm adding more. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what can you both talk to me? I mean, you talked to me a little bit about your influences and stuff, but to me, there's a lot of Blade Runner. There's a little bit of Alien. There's a little bit of, but Tom, it, it also seems to me like you don't come from, or you're not interested in sort of like a straightforward sci-fi, like what we've seen before narrative. So like, what are some of the things that influenced you? Because as much as this reminds me of some things, I also mm -hmm. find it very unique and interesting and different. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, th I think, I think a lot of that has to do with that. So I worked in like poetry for about, I guess like 15 years. Oh, really? Like how, journals, how does one do that? Like working, <laughs> well, were you just writing yeah. poetry? Yeah, but I mean, I did like readings, like live readings, and all kinds of stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's cool. Um, but I think in terms of like developing story, it became less important to tell like something that's straightforward. I just want to get the feeling first, you know, mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. like the overall aspect. Like if you can write one sentence that tells a story, then you don't need like the novel, you know? Okay. And, and that's kind of like the lesson for me from poetry. And in terms of like, things I like to read. I'd I like a lot of like um, surrealist or avant-garde like prose. Okay. So um, what are some of the things that stick out to you as far as, or something that, you know, not that I would recognize, but like, what is, what would you consider something that influenced this? Like, as far as like surrealism or, or, or out of the box kind of like, cause I mean, uh, to me, it seems, seems like your thinking is very, kind of like out of the box right not usually what i would mm -hmm. see in a comic or a sci-fi project yeah and that was like that's on perp you know that was like one of the the mechanisms to write it sure uh, uh i wanted to do kind of like i i didn't want to like i wanted to paste more like a european comic okay than an american comic and i but i also wanted to take like one scene and build the story around like one particular scene. Okay. In each issue, really. Oh. Um, and, and each issue's focus is kind of like a different way to interpret that scene. So like the next issue is like an interrogation standoff scene. So, so like each, each time I wanted to take like one major element and then like maybe one comedic element, like the joke. Yeah. And like take something that is usual, like like a standoff, but have like a joke be told during it, something like that, or have an interrogation where someone gives up right away, like multiple times. Gotcha. You know, like uh, just to give like some absurdity to um, the story aspects. Okay. So, and, uh, oh, oh, no, go ahead. oh, no, I was just going to ask, because uh, it sounds to me like what you were saying earlier, uh, you were talking about you know, writing novels and poetry and stuff mm. like that. And then somebody suggested a comic once mm. that was suggested to you, what sort of like deep dive into comics did you do? Was there anything that you sought out in particular? Was there anything that anyone recommended to you that influenced you at all? Um, I mean, obviously no, just, Watchmen is there. So yeah. So, so actually I, I learned to read by reading comics. Oh, okay. And I'd spent a long Part like I, I attempted to be an artist. That's what I wanted to be when I was a kid. Sure. You know, I, I spent like all my time drawing my own comic books and things like that. Got it. 
Um, and then I, I went to school for history. I got urban history, which I guess is relevant to this. You know, my focus was um, migrant communities, like hobo communities. Oh, wow. Interesting. In, in the like, mid to early 1900s. Okay. Um, so, um, so, like, in a roundabout way, you know, I've been, like, reading comics all my life. Um, but I recently I've been into like some, I guess like, uh, like a lot of indie comics and things like that. Sure. And just like, you know, more like just images rather than story. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't really know, like, I, I feel like it's just a mash of like, like not like 1930s pulp. Sure. Stuff. And, um, kind of, I don't, you know, I don't really know if there's any any kind of comic that I would point to that's like my a major influence for it. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. What just about... that, just that the images in like, it seemed like for whatever reason, it made sense to make it a comic. <laughs> gotcha. 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 That is uh, helpful at all, but well, I mean, and if when somebody approached you about making a comic, were you like, what? Or were you like, I've never thought, how did I never think of that before? Or, you know, like what were, I mean. Uh, yes. Yeah. So, so I've been doing like a, like an indie, indie superhero, teenage superhero book. Oh, really? For a few years. Yeah. Where can people find, what's it called? Where can people find uh, that? It's called the all new union, which is kind of funny. Cause it was like a joke about Marvel. Uh-huh. that it's like 13 years ago. <laughs> oh, really? So they had the all new Marvel line or whatever. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And um, I'm sorry, it's called what? The All New Union. All New Union. And where can people find that? Uh, I think it's just, it used to be on Comixology, but you know, they like, they like, I read that whole thing. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. on like Comics Wellspring. It's just like a printing. Okay. It's a printer in Michigan. That's. That's been printing them. Comics Wellspring. Okay, cool. That's great. Well, hopefully. So people... I was working on that, you know, and then they were like, well, you're doing that that stuff. Why don't you just like, make this into a comic? You keep talking about it. I probably like, you know, would talk. I talked about it for years. Like the, the book kind of like coalesced over like many, many years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure it took somebody finally, you know, being like, just do this and got tired of you talking about <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's like make it into a comic. Lu- Luciano, what about you? Because I mean, you are not in the States. I'm sorry. Where, where did you say you were from again? Argentina. Argentina. Okay. Thank you for reminding me. Um, so I'm always curious about people like, cause I, I lived in Colombia for a year when I was a kid and I could not find American, con- it was Condorito, which I don't know if that's still a thing, right? Like that. Yeah. 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 I, I grew up with Condorito. I hated uh, Condorito <laughs> so much. I didn't like it, but, but comic. Yeah, yeah, Chile- yeah, 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 yeah. But I didn't, I, for, I liked the drawings and stuff, but I just never, Anyway, uh, but uh, like, what was some of the stuff that influenced you? Because I'm always curious, you know, I've interviewed people in China, I've interviewed people in Europe, I've interviewed yeah. people in the UK every once in a while. And I'm always fascinated by what it is that people were exposed to that got them into comics. I mean, obviously, we've mentioned some of your influences before, but what, like, what were some of the things that you were able to discover in Argentina? And please, um, forgive pardon my ignorance as to like what's available there i've never been to argentina i know people from argentina but um 
So what were some of the things that you discovered growing up and got you into making comics? Well, I always read uh, since I was very five, I think, and uh, always grew up reading comics. Uh, one of the first uh, things that I really got into, it was a strip uh, called Mafalda. Okay. Uh, from um, uh, a, a comic book artist uh, named Kino, a humorist. Um, it it was uh, imagine peanuts uh-huh. without without the dog uh, in Argentina. Oh, I uh, think I've heard of Mafalda. Okay. It, it was a. a, a it, it, it's a, a nice strip. Uh, you, you can identify with it being a child, uh-huh. but you can also read it as an adult with, with a lot of social criticism. It, it, it's, it's really well done, and the characters are, are very well done. Uh, so I had the whole collection on that when I was uh, a kid. I also read a lot of uh, Duff, uh, Donald Duck and, and uh, Mickey Mouse. And, oh, the Disney stuff. So, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I love those. Um, I have piles and piles of, of them. And then growing up, I get into Argentinian anthology comics. Uh, the biggest one here, more adult comic. Uh, the the two big uh, magazines here were one called Scorpio. Oh, uh, yeah. Which got me into a lot of trouble because the, the covers were always naked ladies. <laughs> but uh, inside it wasn't anything pornographic. It was adventure comics. But um, sure. tell that to my grandma. <laughs> um, it, it, and it was a very classic adventure uh, comics. Uh, the format was like uh, usually self-contained stories, part of a bigger um, arc but self-contained usually, uh, that went from 8 to 12 pages, something like that. Uh Always uh, 5 or 6 of them. And the other uh, big magazine here uh, was Fierro, uh, which which was uh, way more experimental. And there, uh, it was my first time reading some some, um, uh, foreign authors like uh, Leuteri Sarpieri, uh, the Druna guy. Oh, yeah. The Morbus Gravis, I think it was called. Yeah, uh, I have some of those, yeah. Yeah, amazing. That dude, she's... Yeah. That dude can draw. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and a lot of uh, uh, local authors, uh, more adult-oriented, uh, not adventure, necessarily. Like, um, I think my first big huge influence was uh, Jose Muñoz oh uh, sure it's it's uh, you know them you know yeah them? oh yeah yeah I the, the the way he used the black and white uh, the expressionist kind of uh, um, figure proportions um, it's very cinematic but the way he uses the resources of the comic is is very smart sure the way he depicts sound voices using different typography oh. uh, usually the, the the balloons are the and the letters are really part of the drawing sure the dialogue is part of the drawing sure um, so that um, 
then, of course, I discovered Akira, and everything went to hell. <laughs> the comic uh, or the movie first? Which one? The, the, the comic. The comic. Oh, okay, great. I, I, I haven't seen the, the, the movie yet. Oh, you haven't? Really? No, no, I, I did. I haven't at that time. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, okay. I, 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 ha I was uh, 11, I think, and I saw it um, I, and I, just by the cover. And it was a very generic blow up of one of, of the panels, but it, it has that uh, atmosphere. Yeah. And it was something very new, and that blew my mind. I didn't, I didn't knew that you can make something of that scope and that cinematic and uh, in a comic book. Yeah, yeah. I, that stuff will blow your, your hair back for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I wish we, wish we would have got that here. You, as early as that. The comic, you I, mean, or the... Yeah, I think I first read the comic when I was in, like... Must had to be, like, 2002 or something. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. I remember being exposed to the movie first in the yeah, 90s and being like, what is, like... And then just being like, yeah. why don't we have more of this? Yeah, and then, yeah. You know, I think in the 90s was when, on VHS, because I'm old, um, you know, people all that stuff started breaking out. I mean, you had stuff like here in the U S like battle of the planets or star blazers. But I remember seeing Akira and just being like the, and not even knowing it was based on a manga at first and just being like, what is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I think it was yeah, one of my first DVD purchases. Yeah, it might. Yeah, it might have been. I mean, when DVDs came out, but there was a your Argentinian comic. I think it was from Argentina, and I was. I'm trying to scroll through my. I was scrolling through my Amazon order lists, and and I cannot find it. Um, they made a t an animated show out of it one season here in the U.S., and it's a woman. And she Cyber Six. Cyber there you go. Cyber Six. <laughs> How popular was that? Was it popular in Argentina? Because it seems hard to find like the comics. Because uh, I love the animated show. Uh, yes. I bought the DVDs a while ago, but I was always just like, "How come we don't have this comic in the U.S. Uh, or a translation of it?" Oh man, I wish you had it. Um, it, it was uh, Carlos Meglia. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I remember. I, I remember knowing him because uh, uh, I was in a comic book class uh, in the nineties, uh -huh. and uh, my my he was uh, an uh, alum or from my teacher. He so oh. my teacher invited him. Uh, oh, that's great! Told, yeah, it's amazing. It was amazing, and he uh, told us how he, he he did it. He had a lot of helpers. And it was the first uh, digital comic. We're talking the 90s, so that okay. was cutting edge. Uh, the first digital made uh, comic uh, here in, in Argentina with a really production setup. Like he has a lot of helpers and people that uh, does the backgrounds and they, they integrate the backgrounds with the, uh, at that time we, we couldn't believe that. Sure. Uh, he was was popular, as popular as a comic book can be here. Sure. Uh, and and, and uh, usually the most uh, popular comic books in uh, twenty or thirty years uh, okay. until now are um, uh, American comic book. Oh really? And, and manga. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what's the comic book market like in Argentina? Is it big? Is it small? Like, is it because uh, 20 years when I went on my honeymoon with my wife to Italy for the first time, the comics were every like they were on newsstands and they were Italian comics and I'd never heard of them yeah. like Dylan Dog and stuff like that. Dylan Dog and 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 things yeah. like that. And I was just like, what is this? And my wife had to hold me back. I couldn't read Italian, but I was just buying them left and right because the art was gorgeous. What is the what are comics like in Argentina? Is it like that or is it different? Do you have comic shops and stuff like that? What is the market like? Well, right now, I'm not quite uh, the, the right person to talk about this because I'm really isolated okay. from from the comic book uh, in, in general. But um, I'm from the scene here. But uh, right now, we have very few very few comic book shops and okay. uh, usually the stronger sales are from uh, American comic book got it I think error but way way behind manga uh, that's oh. where the sales are gotcha. uh, things like uh, walking there that, that kind of stuff still mm. sells and also sells in a big comic in bigger uh, bookstores, not only comic book shops. Gotcha. But those are a few. But the industry itself, no, there, there is, there isn't any. Oh, There's that's just too bad. A, No, there is just a bunch of independent uh, editorials uh -huh. that uh, publish a lot of authors here and make very little money. Usually, they can, if they're lucky, they can recoup uh, some. Gotcha. But uh, that that's about it. I mean, there's a lot of indie stuff, but there's no industry per se. Mm, sure. Sadly. And that so died in the 90s. How did you get into this? Like, how did you, I mean, if you were not involved in the comics industry or you're not like, so like in Argentina, then how did you decide to make comics on your own was it just something that you loved and i mean i have not seen the pages or your portfolio online so i don't know what tom saw were you were those comic book pages or were they pages of you know sci-fi work what 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 did tom see i think um, the first thing i saw was mickey mouse oh really <laughs> he was doing what he's gonna eat it looked like totoro like uh -oh. totoro kind of but uh, he was like going to eat a child. That's the first thing I saw. That oh boy, <laughs> that I was already sold, and then uh, I saw the the rest of the portfolio. <laughs> so was the portfolio comic pages, or was it just pinups and stuff like that? Uh, I think it was just images, right? Yeah, most of it are illustrations. But there uh, was so much movement in the just like the il the illustration, you know. Oh, okay. So did you contact like, him? Did you, were you like, Hey, I've got a comic book and I want to do this. Like if there weren't mm -hmm. comic pages and then Luciano, were you like a comic book? Uh, okay, I'll do that. Like, how did that work out? Well, he, uh, I had a, I think I had a couple comic book pages. Yeah, I think so. Oh, okay. okay. There, but, but not so many. I just started. Uh, restarted drawing uh, not so long ago uh, I think uh, 16 or 17 um, so I just built a portfolio mostly of uh, illustrations, standalone illustrations okay. uh, and I 
received just a, a couple of pitches commission for that went into nothing. Uh, but I wasn't completely sure if I wanted to go back into comics. I, I made a lot of fanzines and stuff in the 90s. Mm. Uh, and I studied uh, how to make comic books, but I, I just stopped it altogether. And um, so I, I wasn't sure, but obviously my style screams comic books, so people ask. Well, it looks when, great. Keep doing when it. When asking. <laughs> I, I will, I will. I, I had a, a lot of fun. I, I, I remember why I loved this so much. Uh, so, uh, yeah, now I'm trapped. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Junction Jones will, will get a release in Argentina? I, I hope so. Yeah. That would be awesome. That I will try. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, people can get it digitally, I would imagine, too, at the yeah. can, on the Scout Comics website, right? I think so. It should yeah. be available digitally. Okay, cool. Well, that's great. Well, do either of you have any final words as far as, like, Junction Jones and the Corduroy Conspiracy? I mean, I will say that I very much enjoyed this book. I'm very curious to see where it goes. I think what you have crafted is, like very interesting and uh and fun book so uh anything else that you would like to add or like where can people i mean they can find it online at scout comics correct yeah it'll be up i don't think it's on pre-sale there but it's i saw it pre-sale on like a bunch of like comic websites okay okay but i think it goes up for sale there like the day it comes out okay okay and what was that uh, date yeah, again? march uh that's march 8th march and you 8th. can uh just put it on your pool list at your comic shop. Okay. Uh, cool. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I very much appreciate, uh, you know, you having, you know, sitting down and taking the time to chat with me. Um, I'm going to let, well, I was going to say, let me try and let you say your names, but let me try one more time. <laughs> yeah. So it's TC Pescatore, right? Yep. Not Pescatore, Pescatore. No. And, and Lu, he's Lu, the he's the real Italian. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah. And, Gen generations removed. Yeah. And Luciano, what's what's your last name? Cruzado. Cruzado. Okay, Luciano Cruzado. Muy bueno. Excellent. I love it. And it's uh, at Loco Gonzalez, right? Yes, sir. Uh, Locomotion Gonzalez. Oh, Locomotion. Oh, okay. Locomotion Gonzalez. Yeah, I have an identity problem. <laughs> I found I found out that Locomotion Gonzalez is way too long to make a signature. So I, I, I started signing the comics with Loco Gonzalez. Oh, that's what threw Loco me off. Because up here it says Loco yeah. Gonzalez. And then underneath it says at Locomotion Gonzalez. Yeah, okay. I, I suck at this. I'm confusing No, that's people. okay. And that's Gonzalez with an S, <laughs> not a Z, right? S, right? Locomotion, yeah. at Locomotion Gonzalez, where? Anywhere? Twitter? Facebook? Oh, yeah, you put Locomotion Gonzalez and Loco Gonzalez uh, in, in anywhere. Okay. You, you put it in, in I'm, uh, at least I'm consistent with that. You, you <laughs> well, Facebook. Put it in Instagram and you can follow me. Great. That's terrific. Well, thank you so much for joining in. I, I, I did not know both of you would be here, but it's been a very wonderful conversation and I appreciate your time. Um, I will just say my name is Christian Horn and this has been another episode of the Part-Time Fanboy Podcast. You can check us out on parttimefanboy.com. We are on Facebook and Instagram. 
Uh, our email is ptf at parttimefanboy.com. Please check out Junction Jones and the Corduroy Conspiracy. Bit of a tongue twister there, but I got it. Um, it looks it looks to be like an amazing series. Oh, you know what I didn't ask is how long is it? Is it uh, ongoing? Six issues. Six issues. Six okay, issues. so it's a six-issue miniseries. Excellent. Junction Jones and the Corduroy Conspiracy. I loved it. Scout Comics, please check it out. Uh, thank you for listening, and we will be back soon with another episode. Bye. Oh, my God.